This is Gino Ray. This is Native as I Can Be, Between Two Cultures. Welcome to the show. Right now, uh, it's late, not late, late by my standards. Uh, Sunday evening, um, I had a guest lined up for this week, and funny story, we had actually recorded our interview um, earlier in the week, and we had a great conversation. His name is Rembrandt Street. He's a uh, Shoshone Paiute uh, who uh, grew up on a Navajo reservation, and he contacted me kind of out of the clear blue sky, said he likes the podcast, and he kind of just discovered it on his own and um, said he would he had uh, wanted to do something similar, so... He found mine and asked if he could be a part, and I said, sure. So we had a good conversation, great conversation, actually, and uh, went to wrap it up and say thanks and realized I had not been recording the entire time. So that was fun. That was a fun discovery to make. So we just kind of tried to look at it as a, a positive and say, well, that was the rough draft. And the next one will be that much better. And we talked a lot about kind of native activism and being woke and, uh, you know, what kind of traditions we want to pass on and why it's important to pass cultures and uh, traditions and stories onto our kids, you know, for preservation, if nothing else. And uh, so it was good. And, um, we had uh, rescheduled and some um, some personal things came up and we weren't able to uh, uh, get back to it. So that's why, so this week it'll just be me. Um, and like I've said before, for the sake of momentum and consistency, I'm just going to record this one on my own and uh, put it out there. <clears throat> So this week for me was uh, very much a roller coaster because uh, Che's birthday, his first birthday, September 30th, big deal, exciting, Um, very happy about that. And then, of course, the fourth anniversary of my first son, Bam's, dying on October 2nd. So... <clears throat> those two things uh being so close together are very uh it's very confusing and challenging um Che's birthday was great we had a thing at this place called Laurelwood Brewing Company I think on Sandy Boulevard and uh he got to do the smash cake thing and Laura had her her aunt and her sister and brother-in-law and her mom and some former co-workers and some friends and I had my uh, sister Jen and her husband Sam and my cousin Rico Noriko and um, by the way my cousin Noriko has his own podcast called What's More Metal which you should go check out super funny he he uh, he uh, 
is a one-time winner of Portland's Funniest Person, which is no uh, nothing to sneeze at. There's a lot of good comedians in Portland. It's got a great um, stand-up uh, scene uh, here in Portland. So, Noriko Ott, go go check him out, find him. Uh, you've you haven't lived till you heard his mattress ranch joke. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the the party was great. He got to do the the smash cake thing and get covered in goo and. There was tacos, and it was just fun. Um, and uh, it's just good to be around people and, and see how many people uh, care about you and your kid. Um, and uh, But then, of course, uh, October 2nd being the four-year anniversary of my son passing away, my first son. Bams, Bambino. Um, so October 1st was really when it hit me hard this year. And I have a little uh, plaster mold of uh, Bams and me holding hands that they took right before he passed away a couple days or the day before. And it sits on my dresser and... Um, you know, I just was looking at that, and then I have his urn that was sitting there, and um, just kind of looking at those, and then I started watching videos that I had made about him and that he was in, and, you know, I just kind of broke down, and luckily Laura was here for comfort and... um but I was thinking about it like it didn't hit me as hard the year before. And I think the reason being that we had just brought Chaveo home from the hospital, you know, the day before. And there wasn't really time to be sad. You know, we have a couple day old baby at the house that's needs everything we got at the time and so I didn't have uh didn't have that much impact but uh something about this year and uh I don't know if it's because of Chaveo's birthday his one year birthday but it just hit me hard man and then the next then the the second the day we actually went to the hospital or to uh the day he actually passed away uh, Chaveo had a doctor's appointment and, uh, me and Laura, Laura took him to that and, you know, traffic was just bad both ways. And I just, I didn't even want to get out of bed. Like I was in that much of a funk over the anniversary and, um, I mean, I, I don't know if I said 10 words that whole doctor's appointment I just wasn't there I was not into it I didn't want to be there um and I certainly didn't want to go to work afterwards but I did and uh <laughs> of course one of the guys at work 
first time he sees me all day says, man, you look like shit. And I didn't really know what to say to it. And then he kind of started backpedaling. And then uh, I kind of think it's not how much what I looked like as what I was projecting, which was not a good vibe, not a positive vibe. But the thing about the anniversary of his death is this, and it hits me harder than his birthday. Um, and the reason is, is, you know, when we decided to take him off life support, I mean, I, it might've been more than a day before he was actually taken off because there's just things to get in order as far as paper, paperwork and, uh, you know, just a lot of stuff. And we put him on a donor list so that he could help somebody else in need and we were very specific that we didn't want to research only someone that needed an organ um and I got and his liver went to somebody um an older guy but um but uh the anniversary hits me so hard because I remember his last days so well and I think it's, he had been in that hospital so many times for such long stays sometimes. But this one stands out, obviously, because of everything that happened. And um, <clears throat> But I remember uh, vividly when it was time to take him off life support. They put us in an elevator and we t- took him down way down into the depths of St. Luke's there in Boise. And um, it was just a dark room. There was kind of a, a light above the bed and not much else. And then there was a couple nurses to one side and then there was, I don't know if they were doctors or some sort of technicians that were watching the monitors to to let the nurses know when he had actually moved on and it was the middle of the night like literally like midnight I think and they took everything off and we were laying on the bed with him and uh, you know we both just kept saying just telling him like you know just let go, like, it's okay, it's okay, you can let go, like, we're gonna be okay, you're gonna be okay, you know, we just said it over and over, and that's, that's how we felt, and I don't know if it took 20 minutes, or 40 minutes, or, I just, we just laid there, and at some point, the nurses came over, you know, and told us that, you know, he was gone. And, um, you know, I hope nobody ever has to go through this. Like, to lay there and just listen to someone's 
life just beep away. And there's nothing you can do about it. But you're also telling them to to go. I mean, it's such a difficult experience. And it's 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 hard, man. It's upsetting. And um so anyways, so we they uh took us out of the room. We went up back to the room he was in. We grabbed keys, my keys, went to my house because it was closest and drank some whiskey and fell asleep and cried. And the next day we went back and we got our stuff and then that was it. Like that was the end of the, that was the end. So, uh, it's so it's just weird having that experience, which is so vivid and so so a part of who I am now to be so close to having this new baby that's so bubbly and smiley and happy and uh, and Shade does stuff that Bams used to do, and my cousin Garrick was when he was on the show talking about how children are the are the closest to God and how being smiled at by a child is like being smiled at by God and since since babies you know little ones are coming from the spirit world they still have that strong connection to it and so when Che does stuff that Bams used to do which is stuff like rubbing the back of my head when I pick them up or patting me on the back when I pick them up or uh, just being excited <clears throat> when I come to get them from daycare and just the the spirit of just being a happy baby, that stuff is all Bams too. And I don't think he is bams reincarnated because they're two very different children but i think if che still has a strong connection to a spirit world and is able to act as a conduit for bams um that's what i think is happening that's what it feels like is happening and i have no way to prove that's happening but it makes me feel good and it makes me feel connected to BAMS all over again. So, um, I, I, I like that feeling and, um, it's, uh, I want to see how that, uh, develops as he gets older and possibly loses that connection or it starts to fade or I think it just happens to everybody the older you get you seem to lose that connection um some people maintain it but uh so so that was my uh that was my week and I'm bumming about losing the episode but hoping to regain it. Um, we've got another. Laura's trying to get me connected with somebody to talk about adoption, which I think is a good fit for this podcast. Um, 
that between two cultures idea of uh you know being with a family that you're not blood uh related to but still feeling like family and maybe not feeling like family um my little brother is adopted and he feels like my little brother he doesn't feel like my adopted little brother um but I don't know I mean I don't know if he feels like he's the adopted little brother if he just feels like my little brother I don't know I guess that's a good that's a question maybe I should ask him uh and then of course my mom gave up I don't know if that's the right way to put it gave up put up placed my oldest brother Bill up for adoption and uh we only just recently got in contact with him so uh there's uh I don't know maybe there's people closer to home I should be talking to but I definitely want to talk to her to uh Laura's friend and uh cuz uh hers is dealing with transracial adoption so uh that definitely fits with the the podcast um so um yeah so there's some good things on the horizon some some interesting things um i'm i'm finding out uh uh as i'm doing this that there's there's no such thing as overnight successes and uh the people that have made it in their various industries have been working at it and working at it and um i'm i'm happy with the way this is going but i actually think uh it could go a lot further and i actually feel like i could be putting a lot more into it to get it to where i want to go um and i and i haven't been doing that um but I'm not disappointed with the results so far. Things have been going. I'm I'm happy with the number of plays I've been getting. I'm happy with the interest, um, and the number of people that uh, have told me I'm uh, on the right track, and they they want me to keep going. So um, I'm definitely going to keep it up, and that's why I'm doing this very short. Uh, just episode for the sake of an episode until I can get something a little meatier uh, that can have a, a bigger impact but for for now that's what I got um, please keep tuning in and there will be some much better uh, topical content for you to listen to and uh until then, um, have a good week. Thank you for listening. Uh, be excellent to each other. And I will see you next time.